The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, it'd be great if I could find my paperwork here. All right. Joe, why don't you yes. uh, play, let's do this like a game show, and you can introduce the players because I've lost my sheet. <laughs> we have Pam Palmer from Toronto Metropolitan University. Very nice. Good we morning. have Tim Hudak from Orea, which I found out it's Orea, not O-R-E-A. Okay. And then we have Adjua right from our News Talk 1010 family. Okay. Thank you very much. Are you ready to play? Uh, let's start with uh, something we'll be talking about in greater detail on the other side of the news. And for any family, this is worrisome. One in four Ontarians could be without a family doctor in three years. And Tim, I'll start with you because you've worked in government at the provincial level. And one of the real problems seems to be doctors don't have enough time to see their patients. Surely this is something we can straighten out. That, that seems like a common sense solution exactly. The reporting that uh, 20% or, or more of the time, that's one out of five days in an average work week taken up by paperwork. Uh, surely to goodness we can alleviate that, help somebody else to manage that in the doctor's office if you can't shrink the overall supply. I, I think the other issue too, John, is that well, we're graduating more doctors and specialists than we have in the past. Fewer and fewer going into family medicine. So trying to figure out a way to make that more attractive. Doctors that are in it seem to find it a rewarding pastime, at least those that I talk to. So whether that's changing the formulary to better to better recognize or sort of the payment schedule uh, or just uh, pressing the, the benefits of it that can give you some balance in time, uh, we need more to choose that stream as well for longer-term supply. Now, I thought e-health had been implemented, and surely that would speed things up. But Pamela Palmater, one of the issues still seems to be the filling out of insurance forms. I don't know. I, I feel like we're in a very backwards situation when it comes to healthcare. Um, I, you know, I've traveled to the States and I've seen my friends go in and everything is like done in mere seconds. No one's waiting. Now, mind you, some of those situations are paid for, but in some situations, they're not. Even in the public circumstance, the publicly um, available healthcare, it's just going so much quicker. Um, they, they get funding for things like uh, assistance and and i don't know why there wouldn't be assistance you go to medical school to be a doctor not to be filing forms and the the statistics speak for themselves so people can argue about it all day long but honestly i think it'll end up being more than one in four ontarians because of all the people i know that have moved to ontario that have been waiting for a doctor for anywhere between five and ten years yeah, Andrew, I think there's been some inventiveness, which I will praise this government for, things like letting pharmacists take care of some things that a family doctor would take care of, letting nurses write prescriptions, for example. But clearly, more needs to change. More does need to change, and administrative burden is is a big one, but also underfunding. When you talk to uh, a lot of doctors, I know even my doctor has said that's a big issue and that that needs to end and it needs to be funded. It's not lucrative if you graduate from university in family medicine and you realize what you're going to make compared to what they were making, say, 10, 15 years ago. So you have to make it more lucrative for people to want to go into the profession and the doctors that are in the profession are not maybe making enough now to sustain being in family medicine. So they end up leaving. And now we have this, what is it? They're saying within the next a um, couple of years, about 65% are planning on leaving family medicine. What is that going to look like for Ontario when right now it is horrible in terms of trying to even get a doctor if you even have one and then they leave? There's nobody to 
fulfill that practice, which is no longer. It's just, it's a crisis at this point. NDP leader Marit Stiles must have hoped that when she kicked uh, Sarah Jama out of the NDP caucus that this was done. I always knew there were going to be more people in caucus who actually didn't think that she deserved to be kicked out. And Jill Andrew was clearing her throat yesterday a few times on Twitter, making that clear. Tim. Well, a couple, couple of thoughts on this. I mean, Margaret Thatcher had an important um, quote about leadership, basically said that the problem when you stand in the middle of the road is that you get knocked down by traffic on both sides. And, and Marit Stiles out of the gate took a middle-of-the-road stance when it came to the behavior of, of MPP Jama. And so she didn't kick her out. She somewhat chastised her, but she didn't pick a lane. And as a result, it then exploded about a week later. An important learning experience. And Mitt Maristyles uh, has time to recover from this and demonstrate that she has the chops to become Premier of the Province of Ontario. More important point here, John. The New Democrats lost seats in the last election campaign to Doug Ford and the Conservatives because they tacked too far towards identity politics instead of the you know the the ndp that was attracted to fight for the little guy to stand up against establishments to look out to raise a vote for all drank too much in the poison channels of identity politics and now paying the price for that within their own caucus they should get back to basics if they want to succeed because the first test of, of opposition politics is do you have the capacity can you convince the voters that you're ready to govern right now it looks like they're not let me come back to Pamela, Pamela, who we have found. And uh, one of the issues for the NDP and perhaps even for the federal and provincial liberals would be that maybe not the way she said it, but um, Jama's sentiments about Palestine are shared by a portion of the population. A significant portion. You have, you know, doctors' organizations, you know, academics, humanity, the United Nations. I mean, all around the world, people are protesting en masse in the millions um, to to treat Palestinians like human beings, not to say that, oh, um, Hamas shouldn't be punished for what they did, but to not take it out on Palestinian pregnant women and children and elders and uh, aid workers. So her her opinion was by far not off the mark. She was showing some humanity uh, with a lot of support. And for the NDP to ouster her, it's just on so many levels, it was bad. Like so many levels, they're way off the mark with their own base. I mean, even unions are speaking out about the inhumanity to Palestinians. So what a bad move they made for the party. You see a whole bunch of people on social media saying that's it for the NDP for me, which is too bad. They could have been focusing on the investigation into Doug Ford, for example, but no, they had to do this, and it's just a wrong move all the way around. Okay, your thoughts, Adjua? Uh, I'm, I'm on the side of, uh, I guess, Pamela Paulter when it comes right down to it. it. The statement in it of itself that she made, I think the outrage was at the time that it was said, she did not condemn in the beginning, didn't com- condemn the acts on October 7th. If she had done that, would, this, would we be talking about this? Probably not. By pinning it, it just created a whole... Uh, like a melee and people just started targeting and attacking her. But I am surprised that the NDP decided to oust her. Uh, Again, when you have the UN and you have Amnesty International calling it a complete crisis in Palestine, and what again, what happened by terrorist Hamas, what they did to Israelis on October 7th, not okay, but carpet bombing of Palestinians, which is continuing, is also 
not okay. We have to think of humans and think of humanity at the end of the day. And the NDP, I think they did miss the mark on this. Okay, just to clear one thing up, not actually, and because people are going to get highly technical about this carpet bombing, it's a targeted bombing. Uh, targeted. Yeah, nonetheless, mm. very, very destructive. Um, Tim Hudak, I want to move on to something a little less incendiary. Shepherd subway extension, possibly in two directions. I have to think in your capacity as a guy who worries about real estate, any addition to transit is welcome news. Yeah, absolutely. This will open up uh, more places for affordable places for people to call home as well as more job opportunities. So I, I think it's always welcome for the Ford government and then direction to Metrolinx uh, to plan ahead. We've had a probably in, in our lifetimes, uh, John, the, the greatest consensus on moving forward in a similar fashion instead of all parties with different plans. So hopefully we'll see an embrace in the long run. The most important point here, though, John Moore, is Look, don't forget to stick to the knitting. We, we have the most ambitious transit expansion in generations. We have four new subway lines announced. We have LRT in Mississauga and in Hamilton. So, yeah, it's good to put the long-term plan, but don't get distracted from keeping the shovels in the ground and hitting projects that are already running behind schedule. Andrew, you spend a lot of your day looking at maps and looking at traffic <laughs> patterns and worrying about transit as well. So I would say closing the loop between, uh, you know, with the Shepherd line going all the way out to the end of the Danforth line is an elegant solution to many problems. It is, because when you have a connecting route, then people can get onto those other routes to get to wherever they need to be. The problem with the Shepherd line, it only connects to line one and then ends up at Fairview Mall or Don Mills just past Fairview Mall, and then that's it. So there's nowhere for people to go. So instead of them taking that four subway stop, and then having to take a bus, they just stick with the bus. So they're not trans transitioning or stick with either a uh, line one or the middle section, which is line two. So uh, this is this is a positive thing. Let's just hope it's not going to take 20 to 30 years to get it built, which it probably will or won't even be here when any of us are still around. But it's, it's a step in the right direction. The more transit, the better. Yeah, Pamela, I kind of like that there seems to be a sense of urgency these days about the construction of transit and getting the stuff done that we've been arguing about for 35 years. Well, I hope so. <laughs> like, I can only echo Adjua's comments. I hope when they say we're going to build this extension, they build it, they do it on time, it's properly supervised, and it doesn't balloon from one figure to 10 times what that figure was and just make the whole transportation crisis worse in Toronto. They have an opportunity, at least in this little area, to make a change. They just need to do that. Okay. Um, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau repartnered. I, I think, uh, Adjua, you'll probably be the only person who can weigh in on this. The part, I, I think Sophie Gregoire Trudeau never really asked for that much of a public life after she got out of television. But this repartnered business cracks me up. It's. I actually feel feel bad for her because she didn't ask to be a part of public life and all of her stuff is being spilt all over the media, her personal life and business. And she didn't put it out. It was the person that she's apparently allegedly with their ex is the one that put it out in legal documents. And yes, people probably wondered what happened. Uh, why did they break up? Well, now we possibly know. And I think we should just leave them alone and let them... Let her do what she needs to do. She's a private citizen. Thanks for this, Andrew and Celia Bois, Tim Hudak, Pamela Palmiter. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.